Chip Youth Podcast, episode number 42, um, where, uh, yet again, per the huge, for the most part, we have no... Uh, we have a great set of topics today. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, right, Ben? Yeah. Uh, you actually did take down some notes, but before we get to those, let's, uh, let's have a little discussion about how you've been doing, man. How I've been doing? Yeah, how you, how you been? I've been all right. Good. I guess. My foot still uh, hurts like hell sometimes. Is it getting better, though? I see yeah. you're not wearing the boot anymore. You're just walking around. Yeah, I more. just decided to say fuck the boot because I hate walking in it. Yeah. It's annoying and it's hot and it's itchy and don't care for it. Is your is your tendon or your, are your tendons better or is it? Yeah, I mean, the, I could put weight on it. It's just sore. Is it's the, just um, getting strength back. Is the fracture any better? Do you know? Yeah, they... Uh, I guess like what a week or two ago, I got a, another X-ray, and then <coughs> bless you, <coughs> bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I got another X-ray, and they said it was healing up all right. Sweet. And he was the the doctor is the guy. He told me I could start ditching the crutch and the boot uh, progressively. I took that as all right. Uh, you're good. Get rid of it. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're walking around relatively normally. Yeah, work still sucks though because it's just standing. Yeah, Walking. all day yeah. having to lift shit and stuff. It's weird because like I adjust because you know you're supposed to lift with your legs, yeah, not with your back and all that kind of stuff. But I was lifting. I was just moving this bulky object, like it was like a box or something, but it weighed way more than I thought it did. And uh, I don't know because I had my weight on my hurt foot side of my body. And I was shifting it to the other side. And, like, I guess unknowingly, my my whole neck and, like, shoulder, Ugh. like, kind of tensed up when I picked it up and moved it. And I just kind—I just realized that it was just compensating for not putting the weight on my foot. And that hurt for a little bit. But I'm getting better. Good. Yeah. How are you? How are, oh, man. How have you been doing? Yeah, man, I've been great. You know, um, been bowling pretty well lately uh, at my league. <laughs> You just wanted me to ask you that. Yeah, you know, I uh I've had I've had a real rough uh season this season, you know. Um in your league. Yeah, but but we're getting towards the end of it and I'm starting to get back into the groove of things, you know. I I had a style of bowling and then I kind of got lazy with it and started bowling a different way and it got I, I started you know <clears throat> the way that I throw the that I was throwing the ball is it's a straight curve to the left, right? So um straight so, curve okay, so to the left. I just mean like it's a just a curve to the left. Okay. So it doesn't have like any sort of access to it other than it's like the ball is rotating to the left the entire time. So you're putting like a spin. Spin, yes, but it's constantly it's just one axis of rotation to the left. Right. And that, it is. that allows that curve down yeah. the lane or whatever. Yes. Um well I got into this habit of like sort of going limp with my wrist mm-hmm. instead of keeping my wrist sort of like steady and straight straight up and down. So I started putting uh, back. I started putting a second axis of rotation, which is backwards. So what would happen is, as it's going down the lane, it's going backwards, and then it'll catch, and then it'll start going left. So it was taking out a lot of the momentum and power um, mm-hmm. behind my throw. And I, and I decided, you know, let me see if like just adjusting my hand upward a little bit more would make me throw the ball a little bit straighter. Just with like a, a micro change. Yeah, I mean, literally going from like. A couple of degrees, sort of like t- my hand turned a little bit to the left, 
to turning it straight up and down uh, completely changed the way my throw was again. And last week, man, I, I actually had a good week and I was really excited. You know, it's the first time in a while and perfect timing because uh, my company is doing their Christmas party and it's at the bowling alley. Now, whose idea was that? Uh, well, so it's something that the owner of the company and the basically the three three or four big wigs that we have in the company, um, the company that they used to work for, uh, they used to do a bowling thing every Christmas. As a party or whatever. Yeah, so it's like you get your bonuses and stuff like that. So what if, <laughs> Get your bonuses and go blow it all on bowling. Well, no, you don't have to pay for it. They pay for it, man. I know, but I'm just thinking of like a like bunch of grown men like sitting around a poker table and then bowling and just blowing all their money yeah it's uh it's like the um it's not an eyes wide shut party because that's not what's happening but um <laughs> it's uh what is it it's i guess it's just the big wigs getting together like the smoke-filled room where people are smoking sure. cigars and drinking martinis and and scotch and stuff and they're playing cards right that that is what you think of when you're thinking of like a business meeting sometimes well when you think of professional gentlemen yeah yeah. And maybe not this decade, but well, yeah, in the well, in the past generations, right? Uh, but yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm gonna bring my ball and bring my shoes. <laughs> I'm about to go all out, and then I'm gonna get shown the fuck up. What's funny is I was telling you this before the podcast, but you know, this past week, man, I've just been so excited to go bowling, and I've been talking mad shit, just like talking mad shit, like, oh yeah, right. man, I'm in this league, and you know, I bowl pretty well. Like, I'm definitely not a great bowler. Like, one like a a 150, 160 is a great game for me. Right. Like a 135, one, it's like average. 140 is... No, I mean, that's a good game. Like, my average, I think, is... like a, I guess my average is like a 131, 132, something like that. Um, But, like, I also have some games where it's fucking bomb. Like a 105, and that's a bad day for me. So, I think the best... I haven't, I haven't bowled in forever. I think the best I ever did was, like, 120. Yeah. Maybe like, I bowled a, a, I think I bowled a 180 at the beginning of the season, and then a steep decline from there. Like I screwed myself because I think uh, in whatever this season is considered, I guess it's the fall winter season. Mm-hmm. Um, you reset your average, so basically it takes whatever your average was at the end of the year or at the end of like the season, um, and what they do is. That's basically the beginning of your average. So it resets. So basically it's like, so the way it works is um, when you're setting your average, the first time you bowl is like, you know how an average works, obviously, right? So compilation, <laughs> you add up all the numbers and you yeah. divide it by the amount of yeah. games. Yeah. So yeah, basically it's like, that's the first game that you've bowled. So now you're setting your average based off of that. Sure. So everything that you bowl after that, you're adding it to that and dividing it by the amount of games. Yeah, um, as how you would develop an average. Yes. Well, the the <laughs> first like the first two games of the the first two series of the season, I fucking went off and screwed myself so bad. You went off by like I bowled getting like, a really good average. Yes, I and bowled. then your average went way down as the season. Well, it just so we play with handicaps to make it fair because there are some people who bowl like two hundreds, oh, no. and there's some people who bowl like eighties. So. So, so you, the average, basically, if you get your average, you bowl between like a 200 and a 210. Sure. Um, but if you bowl under, then basically you bowl however many pins you actually bowled plus your plus your handicap. So 
plus your handicap. Yeah. So if I so if my average is a, a one, so mine's like a one thirty something. So I think that my handicap is like a seventy ish. It's like seventy something. So if that I, gets added. Yeah. So if I bowl a one hundred, I get a one hundred and seventy something. Interesting. So that that's how handicaps work. It's basically to so make like, it so that if everybody bowls their average, then you bowl. Um, then the teams are like are similar in score. Right? right. So like if you have somebody that's always getting a like two hundred upper two hundreds. Well, so if you're upper two hundreds, you get a zero handicap. Right. So well, that, yeah. That's, if you're so if it's you're like within, a range. So basically, if you bowl a two ten or over, you get zero handicap. Mm-hmm. Um, if you bowl, yeah, I mean, if you bowl zero, you get a 200 handicap. So you, by bowling so well in the beginning, I lowered my handicap. lowered your handicap. Yeah. Which, so anytime that I bowled under like a one, one forty something, I was bowling under my hand, under a 200, which hurts your team, obviously, because you're going based off of your handicaps. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so so your team is. For the league, is like your dad and your mom and Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Um, Do you guys all bowl like about average, like the same, or is everybody all over the place? So it's kind of all over the place. Um, my mom and I are somewhat close these days. Um, Charlie bowls, I think her average is like a 115, something like that. Okay. And my dad's average is a, one, a 170 something, 180 something. Okay. Um, I think it's like a 170. So <clears throat> what I'm concerned about, right, is I've been talking all this shit. My dad came over to me because uh, we have a – so our two companies that we work for share a building, mm-hmm. but we're in separate spaces. And we do business together, so sometimes they'll come – like we'll go over there, they'll come over here, and we'll talk about jobs or whatever. And he came over, and I was like, dude, I'm about to beat some ass on Friday. Like it's going to be crazy. <laughs> and he said – uh you better watch yourself. So what are we talking about? See, so you're popping off in the mouth. Somebody's gonna come up there and make you like a little bitch. I said, <laughs> "You did probably draw the most attention." I said, "You might be right." And then like, I was talking. How is, how is the party gonna work? Is it gonna be like league style play? No, I mean it's just literally just gonna be go up and bowl. I mean, just you not, versus whoever's at the table. Yeah, I mean it's not gonna be anything like serious, but it's just it's just funny to me that like I was talking all this shit and wasn't even thinking about the fact that all these people. Either used to like a bunch of people. Um, They're all ex professional bowlers. Well, no, I don't. I don't say a bunch, but uh, the owners of the company, their husband and wife, they bowled in leagues when they were my age. So I mean, it's been a while since they've actually bowled competitively, but they still know how to bowl. Sure. Um, uh, the guy who is training me uh, to be an estimator, he doesn't bowl often, but apparently he said he bowls like he feels like he a normal game for him would be like a 150, 160. I was like, mm. fuck, of course. Um, and, but then the other guys are kind of like, eh. I don't, might, I'm, not, I'm not expecting them to be any I good. Just, you just triggered like a whole memory that I had. Cause I, cause we, I used to bowl like the only time we ever, like we bowled more recently was like when we did dollar night or whatever. Yeah. And that was like once a week. But before that, it was like, I'd only do it with like my family you know, for like a fun night, like maybe twice a year ever. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, when I visit my grandparents in uh, rural Arkansas, you know, it's like there's nothing for miles. And then there's like a little township and you just hang out there. 
But uh, like the last time I was there, which is a while ago, um, me and my dad, we looked up and found there's a bowling alley like two towns over. So we we ended up going there, and it was actually like a really like retro kind of style That's thing, cool. like really cool. Like there was like not just, like there was just like the jukebox set up and like one guy behind the counter and. Like they had a like I think we ended up getting pizza and stuff and the guy was just the one guy was making everybody's food hmm. and I think we ended up showing up we were there first and then everybody like a bunch of other people showed up it was kind of weird because it was like I guess it was bowling night for the the whole town yeah. that night but we just showed up a little bit early but then I just remember because the whole point of this is my dad doesn't like same thing we he doesn't ever bowl but he used to bowl all the time you know Mm -hmm. he's also like military double my age well military people there's always a bowling alley on base base. so a lot of people go and bowl well i don't i mean i'm sure he did that too um but at the same time you know he's he's twice my age so he's got double the experience anyway but uh so yeah we'll we'll sit there and be like oh uh yeah all right let's let's just bowl for the fun of it and see what we can do and we ended up like tying basically like we were doing pretty much the same and it was actually it was like like i don't know it's like one of those mo- bonding type moments where yeah. like oh shit you're kicking my ass yeah like, what's going on um but yeah like previous to that it's like we would never bowl ever so it's just, it's funny how that i don't know like bowling is such a weird thing and it's like something that everybody does yeah or at least a lot of people do what's interesting is the reason why my parents were like, oh, let's do a bowling league is because they used to bowl. My grandmother's been in leagues as long as I can remember because she just it's something for her to do. She's older and she bowls on Tuesdays or whatever with a handful of friends. And she's in the old people's league mm-hmm. um, or the old women's league. But uh, my mom uh, ended up joining her team, which I guess means that's not an old person's league. It's just like a. It's mostly older folks because, I mean, most people work and uh, during the week, and if they and if they don't, then they're probably not spending their time bowling. But my mom, since she retired uh, a handful of years back, uh, she bowls uh, on. She was bowling in that league with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my my parents were like, "Yeah, you know, we used to be in a league for a long time with uh, my dad's parents." So what they so they were like, okay, we're going to join this league. Will you guys come bowl with us? It's just something for us to do to actually get together and hang out as a family and, you know, spend some time together. So we started doing it. And it's actually like one of the things that make, like doesn't make us, but it actually gives us a good reason to get together and spend time with each other. Like at least once a week, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, uh, this podcast for you and I with, um, with my family. Yeah, it's and, like uh, an event with an ulterior motive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, it's basically just a, a just a reason to get together and talk. Um, yeah. Because obviously there's a lot of downtime. We're just sitting there talking to each other. Yeah, it's good. Um, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, and I was talking about how somebody was like, uh, one of the guys, who's, uh, he's a little bit older than us. He's a couple years older than us. And he was... Uh, He's like, oh, yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. He's like, you guys bringing your balls or whatever, like as a joke? I was like, damn straight, I'm bringing my ball. He's like, oh. He's like, oh, you got some shoes too? I was like, fuck yeah, I got some shoes. <laughs> so, of course, I'm bringing my shit. He's like, you've got shoes? 
So I understand the ball. I'm like, dude, I'm not about to spend money every single time I go bowling to buy shoes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but how much are shoes? I was like, I mean, it's like a dollar, two dollars, depending on like it's two dollars on Sundays because it's the dollar bowling and the shoes are a little bit cheaper than normal. Or actually, it's two dollars for us because we have um, we hold, we carry cards because we're in leagues. Right. Um. So we get a discount on shoes, but normally shoes are like six bucks or whatever. Sure. Uh. But they are two dollars on league night. And they're like, but is it really worth buying the shoes? I was like, they're only like 30 bucks, dude. I was like, so by the time we bowl 15, ga- 15 series, I mean, it yeah, they makes sense. Themselves. I mean, and we we're on our third season, about to be done. So, and it's 16 weeks, I mean, 48 weeks we've bowled. So it wouldn't make any sense for us not to have shoes. They're like, oh, they're like basically talking about how gay it is for me to have shoes and and well, like, that's with anything. He's just gonna mess with it's you. Like, you guys are lame. Fuck you. I'm about to, I'm about to roll up in these dope ass shoes, and you guys are gonna feel stupid wearing those rental shoes. It's like it's like the guy when everybody you go skating with everybody, and the guy that brings his custom blades. That's a little bit different. I don't know. It's pretty much the same thing as what I, I'm hearing. No, because skating is way lamer than bowling. <laughs> no, seriously. So it's a lamer thing. Hold on. If you have if you go roller skating so much. At yeah. a roller rink that you have your own shoes, that you have your own shoes, your own skates. You're literally going and skating in circles that much. Yeah, that's look, pretty fucking lame. If you, if you like skating, but the same thing. I love skating. Bowling. I mean, it's not the same thing. The, the thing I'm saying is, you're. It's the same thing because you're gonna go bowling 48 times. You know, for two bucks a pop. You know, it's so much better to have your own. Yes, you're right. Your own equipment, and that's the same thing. If you love skating, go buy your own equipment, and then you don't have to spend however much it is to rent skates. That's true. I mean, I'm just saying that if you're going that often, it seems a little questionable. What's, have what's lamer than that? Then what was the next lamest thing? Um, I don't think there's much lamer than bowling and skating. Are those like the lame, lame sports? Yeah, I mean. Bowling is one of the few sports that you can play and be really fat and still be good. I, At least with roller skating, I mean, you're exerting a lot of energy. I feel like there's some football players that probably weigh more than yeah, but they're bowlers. it's not the same thing. That's not the same thing because those linemen, those linemen are actually like fast as fuck off the line and they're actually really athletic. Whereas bowlers, you can be really unathletic and still be good. All you need is like two steps forward to actually put power behind a ball, <laughs> as long as you know how to do it. You could just not even walk. You just no. That's true. I mean, there, there's a guy who bowls in our league who is massive, like huge, but he takes he he stands all the way in the back, right? He stands all the way to the back arrows, and then takes two steps forward and throws the ball from two steps off the back line, and just fucking Jeez. strikes all the time. How many like feet off the line is that? Do you know? Um, ten feet off the line or something. So I think I think it's ten feet to those arrows, just about. So he's taking like two big steps. So, so it's eight feet. He's probably like from eight feet all the way from the actual lane. Yeah, and he he does he does well. I mean, the way that he Holy throws the ball, he, he curves the ball so much that some like it obviously it, it, he's got one of those throws that either you hit the head pin and get strikes, or you completely miss and gutter ball. So it's high risk, high reward. Yeah, basically. Um, but I'm like for me. What's weird is there's sometimes that I can put so many revolutions on the ball that it'll hook front that when I was bowling, when I was bowling a different way before I was used to bowl across the lane and then back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some times that I would throw the ball out 
and I thought I was hitting the gutter because I put it all the way to the outside boards and then it hooks right in and I like get strikes and I was like, fuck, that's crazy. I feel like that's um, the way most like professional types do. So a lot of professionals, what they'll do is they avoid the center of the lane depending like completely. It just, it, so it kind of depends on the way that the oil patterns are. So there are certain lane, there are certain oil patterns are that you're telling me skating is lame. Yeah. <laughs> so there are certain oil patterns where it's heavy in the middle, which the lanes that we go to are really heavy in the middle, get thin, like the oil gets thinner to the outside and okay. then cuts off the last three, basically the last uh, quarter of the lane. There's Towards almost, where the pins are. Yeah, there's almost no uh, oil. So going through the middle of these lanes is rough because it slows down your ball a lot and uh, makes it harder for your, and also it makes it harder for your ball to hook. Because there's more oil on it. Right. I mean, it loses a lot of momentum. And then if you do put enough revs on it that the oil doesn't affect how much it curves, what ends up happening is it curves way too much because the ball slows down. Hmm. Um, so my dad, what he does, he bowls straight down the right side and then it hooks last minute and hits the head pin. Or at least that's how he used to. Now it's a little bit more of like heads towards the middle a slight bit and then hooks and hits the head pin. Uh, me, I'm starting to bowl more like my dad because... Now that I'm throwing the ball, like like I'm actually getting my curve right again, uh, the straighter you throw the ball down the lane, the more momentum it has and the harder it's going to cut. Uh, so because it stores up all that momentum and then as it hits, it's not. So <laughs> I, I follow, I'm following. Yeah. So if you're going from the left side of the lane and you're throwing it to the outside and it sure. curves back in. It's having to curve earlier, so it's losing a lot of that momentum right. that's cutting across because it's starting earlier. Um, whereas if you're throwing it straight, then the curve hits later, and then it has more momentum behind behind oh, it when it catches. Sure. Okay. So it um. It's a lot of science behind this. It really is. My dad uh, spent like once we started bowling in this league, like he got really into bowling again and started watching people bowl and stuff, and right, like just trying to learn the way that they throw the ball and the way that their ball moves and stuff like that, and. He took it real serious. No, I, I'm that's that's the same kind of personality that I have. Like, if I'm ever just want to, like, with fucking, just for example, the, the fish. fish tank shit. I literally, like, you, I can't look at my phone without seeing a fish tank now, just because of how much I fucking look at that shit. Yeah, well, that's like me right now with computers. Like, I'm trying to build a desktop, and every single ad is I that, get is like, sorry to cut you off. Is that considered like addictive? personality type yeah so it's just like just consuming yourself in this yes i mean you kind of just i, I guess you kinda I, that's just, just explain, what i fucking do you kind of just explain what addiction is yeah well it's like you ever like you always hear the addictive personality like and i never really knew what that meant until more i don't know more re recently as of like this year because you always hear it and you're like oh whatever but now it's like i kind of understand it more because i'm like literally me like any kind of little thing you i don't do it like, unless i don't give a shit yeah i don't really half-ass it you know it's more of a <laughs> what every, figure out every little component well that's also sort of so people who are um really adhd um stuff like that like if you find so it's so hard to find something that actually keeps your attention that when you find the thing that does keep your attention you go full bore into it right um which is I mean, I'm not saying you are this, but also people who like have Asperger's are the same way. Like they can't find things that actually uh, 
take up that much of their of their brain because their brain moves so fast and right. stuff like that that they don't they're not able to focus on single things. But once they find that one thing that really gets them like interested, mm-hmm. then they lose themselves in it and get really into it. Um, so yeah, I, I huh. uh I have something. I'm sort of like that as well. Um, especially when I'm going through it, when I'm really anxious, uh, like when I'm so back when I, when I went through like really depressive states, what I would do is sit there and, um, I would find that one thing and just basically put all my time into it. Cause the only thing that made me like not feel like shit. Right. Um, so for me it was video games a lot. So I would sit there and when I was in class or if I was, um, just like eating even like I just couldn't, it just couldn't keep my attention. Right. But then when I got into play, when I sat down to play video games, it was something that distracted me from everything that was going on and kind of pulled me away from just like feeling like shit. So it was something that I put a lot of my effort and time into. And even though I wasn't great at games, like it was just something to keep me distracted and like it really right. brought me into it. And like, I got interested in league of legends, like the lore behind it and stuff like that. Like, and I, I, I sucked at league. Like I barely played it, but I was just so interested in like the storytelling behind it. Right. Um, which I don't remember any of that shit anymore because I don't care, but it was just like something to do at the time. And it was something that I found interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting how the human brain decides what you're gonna, how, how everything works. Like, in, like, I don't know, like just the synapses in your brain going off for, or releases of dopamine or whatever the hell, whenever something happens versus like something else that could be happening at the same time, but you don't even pick up on what that is because you're so obsessed with this other thing. Very general terms, but I think you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's almost like it's an evolutionary thing. Um, as far as like the anxiety, I did read your notes. (laughs) I hey, did such want- a good job at bringing this up naturally. I know. And then you fucked it well, up. Well, hold on. I fucked it up? What are you talking about? You literally no. the one who said something No, about I know. It. I know. Um, anyways, yeah. Do you you wanna- just got to the punch before I could. <laughs> do you, do you want to elaborate on that? Because I, I know you were- Well, that was basically what we're talking about is- uh- well, I know last night you were in a stupor and just typing shit out on your phone, writing paragraphs. Well, yeah. And so things. we'll get back to what we're talking about. But just to cut back to uh, yesterday evening- I, uh, I, well, the past week or so, I've been really into, well, I started watching, so Rick, fuck me, man. <laughs> fuck me, man. It's all good. Take your time, man. So we, Rick and Morty's we, back. We've got a good bit of time. Come Rick on. and Morty's back. Yep. They have had like four episodes. They had a, like a mid-season break. They had a new episode this past Sunday. Yep. Um, but anyway, since Rick and Morty has been back, I got into watching Community again, just cause it's, it's Dan really? Harmon and all that. I don't know. That, it's just really good yeah comedy i just really i enjoy all that stuff um but yeah communities on hulu and i just been binging the shit out of it again um but then i started really getting into uh because i you get to if i don't know if you ever watch community um like so i mean like i've watched an episode here or there i watched the one with you the other day right so like but the thing is i got up to season three um and, and then after that is the whole thing with the show is like uh dan Harmon got fired um, from the show for season four. Um, so I just, I haven't started season four yet, uh, in my binging time. So I've just been, I just got down a rabbit hole of just damn Harmon stuff and listening to his podcast, Harmon town, which just weirdly enough that I've just weird got into this Harmon town is now over. 
like after like 300 something episodes, they're mm. finishing it, like not going to continue doing it. I don't know if it's like they're going to do something else or if he just wants to. Well, he's got Stop so much going it. on. I mean, he's got like that uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing that he does. Yeah, that yeah, um, VRV is that what it's on? Uh, yeah, I think it's so. on some streaming platform that has nothing to do with Adult Swim or anything like that. Um, VRV, I think it's what is it called? It's like Harmon Quest. That's what it's called. Yeah, I think Harmon Quest is it's. Is that what the whole thing is? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I haven't really been into that. What's funny is they do D and D stuff in. In the in their podcast as well, and a lot yeah. of role playing and just improv type crap. Anyway, I, I really so sorry. Real, real quick side note: I really like watching people who record their like the audio of their D and D stuff, and then they animate it. Yeah, that shit's so funny. Well, and that's that's what I think they do for Harmon Quest. Yeah. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? Is uh, but yeah, I guess just in general, yeah, I just been enjoying. All that kind of stuff. Also, Harmon Town. He they made a documentary style movie as well, uh, out of the crazy Dan Harmon mind or whatever. It's just yeah. it's kind of a ode to his like the whole like title that seems to he's kind of taken, or at least that's what everybody thinks of him as like the tortured genius and things like that. And he's had his own bumps and things, and especially in the news recently. But we don't have to talk about that. But just. I don't know. He's just, I like his mind and I like all the, the stuff he's been creating. So anyway, I just been in that. So, um, so, but the one thing that triggered this whole, that we're talking about mind and how yeah. mind works and stuff like that was him and Pete Holmes did, a like on his podcast, they were on each other's podcasts or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, they were Pete Holmes, I guess I didn't know this at all is like, uh, really like Zen, guy and like has like a lot of a lot of thoughts about like simulation theory and and how the mind works and how well, we I mean, behave and things like that that fits really well with um dan Harmon's like well, yeah style of like thinking. he has like a lot of like i don't know at least I, based on his like uh like rick and morty specifically well and yeah stuff like that i think yeah it's definitely the same vein of creative thinking i guess in general i think Dan Harmon's a little more comedic side. Oh, they're both comedic. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this I was just stumbled upon this clip from one of their their conversations, and just the big takeaway was that like anxiety and things like that, like we're talking about, and paranoia and things like that, being like reasons why evolution, like part of evolution, happening. Because like if if you're just a chill person or whatever animal Humming. back in whenever and you got you just were dead you know you yeah. got killed you got eaten you got whatever but if you were paranoid fucker you know you were you knew what was happening or, on did, swivel or had and... no idea what was happening and just totally cautious and it was just it you survived you know and obviously multiplied and i, I was and that was not necessarily their whole conversation. They were going on and on about different other things that were also interesting. But that was my, my thought was like, wow, that's really weird. Cause now it was and a lot of times we talk about this, like anxiety or whatever. Yeah. It's always about, I don't know. We just talk about how we deal with it and things like that. And it's just funny that it's really is something that's came down the line because of a survival, you know, it was 
needed. Yeah, for and sure. Now well, it's something that we like medicate for and things like that. Yeah, well, I've also heard some good theories that a lot of what could possibly be causing the anxiety is the fact that we don't have to deal with those stresses on a daily level or on a daily basis where we're having to run away from things or so we're not getting out those so like the the stress is being placed on things that are trivial as opposed to things that are actually like serious and life threatening and possibly like dangerous. Right. So uh well it's like it's that, like that's paranoia why, as a whole. Like yeah, you can't live like there's that's why people are schizophrenic and shit. Like yeah. Like there's an extreme to it and then there's a level of a usefulness for it. Yeah, and I I mean more along the lines of like just general anxiety or general depressive disorders, stuff like that, which a lot of times depression is caused by the anxiety. It's your body. It's your brain not knowing how to function under the anxious feelings. So basically it leads to you having self doubt and being, uh, at least for me, that's how I, that's how it kind of manifests itself in me. Um, but having that anxiety, not having the anxiety for things that are actually life threatening in short spurts, possibly because of the way our brains evolve now it's because it's not happening so quickly like all like randomly it's now happening over like like slowly over time because your brain has to like has that thing in it that's like we have to have some sort of anxiety about something so it's picking the trivial things that you can't control as opposed because you couldn't control a predator coming after you all you could do is control how you handled it right and now i'm and and now it seems to be that it's the things that we can't control or the things that we can but they're trivial because we don't have those like those severe consequences uh that we used to have where you actually needed to be anxious about certain things and scared and stuff like that so now people are scared of just regular social social situations as opposed to life and death situations right um I don't know where I where I heard that theory from. If I had to guess, it's probably somebody on Joe Rogan's podcast. But um, it may honestly have been Pete Holmes. It could have been, but I, I just think that that sort of stuff is. I think you're right to. I mean, that note is a good note because it is something to talk about and to think about because it is interesting. Because there's not really any sort of reason why we would have that that thing in our brain that's like, I don't know, like I don't know what to do, sort of deal, you know. Because it's not like in the current in the current day and time, it wouldn't make sense for that to be an evolutionary trait in a lot of situations. Well, it makes sense for the survivalness of yes. it. Yes, but yeah, because we are in the age of being the top of the food chain and in being in such control and being so uh, advanced as far as we know, you know. Yeah. Well, that was that was another. Like, cause that could be addition to the anxiety and thinking about things that are out of your control. Cause now we live in a, a day where you look at your phone and you see what's happening everywhere else in the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm obviously that doesn't help, especially for certain types of people who think about like, I pay attention to some world news, but I don't think about like, I don't get anxious about what's happening to the other people necessarily. Like I don't want other people to be dying or other people to be getting killed by any, anyone, let alone uh, like our own, our, our government, you know? Um, So what I, what I tend to do is I tend to get mad about the fact that we're over in Afghanistan killing people, whether or not we feel like it's something that needs to be done, you know? Yeah. Um, 
so like that that's where i sort of place that as opposed but there are certain people who would see that and be like oh my god this could be happening to us too like what if this happens to us and they start getting worked up about that and i do feel like it's definitely a possibility but also i think that um the government's not that stupid (laughs) um so i'm not scared about that happening here per se um but there are certain people who i could definitely see them having that anxiety about it and seeing it happening somewhere else and then it overtaking them and then them becoming essentially crazy right. and become those people on the sidewalk who have signs that say the end is coming and stuff like that. Well, yeah. um, and that's, I mean, that's all, that's another thought that I was getting into as well was just like, because for the majority of it, of like evolution or coming down the line with how people survived and things like that, like that doesn't necessarily mean you know, you like the perfect example is you, us, like, and then that guy on the side of the road with the end is near or what, whatever, you know, because yeah. they have a whole different perception uh, based on what, like, their whole lives, you know, looking from inside their consciousness outward and then having their own, you know, whatever genetic thing happened, but yep. at the same time having that development, you know, nature versus the nurture of like how they came up and how they started perceive what was what you know where the red flags were or what how you reacted to something and i guess i mean that's we really should just go to school and become psychologists i mean i i'm scared (laughs) see i wouldn't want to become a psychologist because i know psychologists tend to become insane themselves because they start seeing all this stuff and then they feel like they have things of that nature or whatever like when i was going to the psychiatrist he only prescribed medications that he was either on or had taken so that means that he needed all that stuff. This is a, um, and it's also isn't like so a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Psychologist, it's like uh, they're doctors, they're medical doctors, right? Psychiatrist is a medical doctor that can prescribe medications. So a psychologist, psychologist is, is like somebody, a or something. yes, a therapist. It's closer to a therapist. Um, now, I think it sort of becomes like a, a self fulfilling prophecy to some extent, right? Where you're like a lot, everybody. So depending on what school you subscribe to, I guess, um, a lot of people think that everyone has has problems. Mm-hmm. So they start looking for them in people, whether they have them or not. And then they'll pinpoint the one thing that could possibly be an issue, and then they sort of exacerbate it to some extent because that's what they know. They know, like, if you're showing these sorts of signs, you have to have this issue because they have the textbooks that tell you that. So what they do is they start sort of pushing on that, and they make you discuss things that – whether it's helpful or not, it very well is helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of people to be able to talk about certain things. But there are probably some people who don't actually feel the anxiety or the depression or something like that, but then they pinpoint on something and then all of a sudden it awakens something in them. Right. Which is probably better than them not than them like holding it in. But then also I think that those psychiatrists and psychologists see it in themselves as well. And then it becomes this thing where they're like, I have this too. And then people start getting sort of wacky. Right. Psychiatrists and psychologists, I think, for the most part, all have. They start. I don't. I think that some of those things where they're nurturing people because that's why they got into the the field, right? They Mm -hmm. want to help the people. Yeah, but that that image of what they're helping has already been imprinted. Yeah, I mean, for sure. So, like, so, like, somebody that has the need or is like prescribed to see this person, all that they want is help yeah and they want that nurture that guidance but in a way they like i see what you're saying by the self 
uh, fulfilling thing because it's they're being cured by somebody who already has an imprint of what they're trying to, trying to help them yes. with. So, so the the psychiatrist I go, that I went to, he was basically like everything is caused by anxiety. So interesting. So he's like stress is caused by anxiety. Um, depression is caused by anxiety. It's the way that it it um, because you're unable to deal with the anxiety, your depression kicks in because you feel worthless. Basically, what I was saying before. Um, which I sort of subscribe to that to some extent, but it also could just be because that's the guy I went to and that's what he thought. Um, he said ADHD causes the anxiety as well. So he's like ADHD leads to your anxiety. Anxiety leads to your depression and then depression leads to whatever. Um, I'd never had something passed. Yeah. I never had something past depression. Um, but I've come to find that if I, my ADHD is taken care of, as far so, which obviously people are like, hey, don't take those medications. But I mean, if they help me, they help me. Um, but if I take like a ADHD medication, oh wow, that's is that the garage door. Yeah, is it loud? Is it picking up? Yeah, it's picking up, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, we have home reduction on our post production. We're good. Um, <laughs> a little behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, like if I have my ADHD taken care of, my anxiety goes away. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like shit anymore. Right. Um, but also that could just be because I'm literally on meth. So like everything is rosy. Like I feel fucking great. Right, right. You're seeing uh, things through a different lens. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is definitely would not be a good thing. I I, I think there is. But this doctor basically. Well, so, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like an, a good, at least to me, not a good permanent solution. It's not. Because you want to be more foundational when you fix something, right? Like you don't yeah. go to the doctor with a broken leg and they say, Oh yeah, just, uh, just, you know, walk on it or what I get. Uh, I don't know. That's a bad analogy. Yeah. It's a bad analogy. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's like fixing something at its base versus just putting some band-aids on uh, it. You know, a piece of tape. It's on it. Getting, getting a gunshot and, and putting band-aids on it is a little bit. Yeah, closer. There, there you go. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that's like, you know, he the way he saw things was if the anxiety is taken care of then everything's going to be good. Sure. So no matter what the problem is, he's like here's this anxiety pill. Right. Um and here's also this this antipsychotic because the anxiety pill can lead to more depression. And also here's this ADHD medication because the ADHD is going to cure the anxiety, but also we have this but still take this anxiety medication. Um That's a lot of medication. But then this uh this ADHD medication is going to make you not want to eat and you probably won't be able to sleep very well. So here's this Zyprexa, which is going to help you sleep if you take it at night. And then also when you wake up, it's going to make you hungrier. But the problem is that that medication is going to make you feel like shit in the morning. So take, so make sure to take your Adderall uh, first thing in the morning so you get that boost and then take your Vyvanse afterwards to maintain it. So your uppers and your downers. Yeah. I mean, it, that's my whole, that was my whole life for a little while. And I was like, I can't fucking do this. And that constant need of just having to take every single pill because it just, it's that cycle where if you don't take one, then the other one is going to make you feel like shit. Uh, it was just that, that it was basically, I was going to have to do it for the rest of my life. And I just really did not want to be stuck in that, you know, it's, which is why I basically just made the decision uh, a while back that I just was going to stop, but you know, things happen and you go back to doing it again because you know, it works. Um, but right. then I just kind of, Again, like I got to a place where I was like, I feel good. Um, I don't feel like I need this anymore. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a temptation because it's like, oh, you know that thing that you, it's really hard for you to do. 
It's like like you're a, a pro athlete and you're like, oh, you, you're really having to work so hard at this, but I got this drug here. You can just shoot it into your ass. Yeah, and, and uh, then and then you're gonna. It's gonna be so easy. Yeah. No. I know? mean, and and what I started doing basically when I last time I went, I stopped taking. I I had this issue right where if you if you take the medications a certain way, which is like the way they prescribe them, basically it removes all of the anxiety and stuff. And I need some level of anxiety and stress to actually have some sort of drive. And I think everybody does. Well, yeah. Um, I think uh, that, sorry to yeah cut you, but at the same time, all of these drugs are just like supplements of chemicals and things that your, your brain would naturally uh, like say a normal functioning quote unquote, normal functioning brain would produce this chemical and you know your your behavior would be dictated by that and it would be in a normal fluctuation like you would be scared when you're supposed to be scared you would be worried about something when you're supposed to be worried about something and or however you know supposed to and like all normal all that stuff in quotes because really it's just how each individual uh reaction would happen in your brain or the individual brain yeah so by supplementing all those chemicals, you know, it's force feeding it and making it go in that certain way, which I feel like in the long run, if your brain is, if it becomes a crutch of sorts, you know, your brain will stop producing those chemicals and it then does. you're basically brain dead, you know? Well, that, that's why you're supposed to wean off of them is to retrain your brain that, Hey, we're only, we're not going to be giving it to you for free anymore. You kind of have to work for it again. Um, but what I had, uh, so the last last time I was taking the medications, like I just didn't give a shit about anything. Like I just felt like no no drive, and it was just because I wasn't stressed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that was keeping me going was taking the Adderall and the Vyvanse, and basically that that was the only thing that kept me focused on doing things because I was like, okay, yeah, I've got a task that I need to do, so I'm just gonna sit down and do it. Um, whereas like if I had that just at least a small amount of anxiety or stress, like hey, if I don't complete this, I'm gonna be fucked. Um, then like I have more of a drive to do. I'm like, okay, I got to do it. Cause I've, as a kid, like I always function really well in the high stress situations, like procrastination. Like once I had to do something, like I did it and I did it well. Um, but, uh, but when I was taking those medications, like I just didn't have that, I just didn't have that feeling. And, um, like it was gonna, I could tell that it was starting to affect my relationship to some extent. Cause I was like, I didn't have like, I didn't have a drive. I didn't care about anything. I was like, yeah, I mean, under the drugs, you're saying? Yeah. So, like, um, gonna get real personal real quick. Um, like, I just, like, didn't care about, like, wanting to have any sort of, like, sexual relations with my wife. Like, I just, like, didn't have the drive. Like, I didn't care. Right. Um, and it was just, I was like, that's not gonna fucking work for me. Like, I'm just, that that's not a normal way to feel. Like, I shouldn't feel like that. So, I, that, that's the reason why I stopped last time. Um, and what I did is I basically just cut out the anxiety medications, just weaned up, weaned myself off of those and the depression stuff, and then just was taking the the Adderall for a while, because like it helps a lot. Like it, like if I have that focus, then I just don't feel like anxious. But then the come down is tr- is just fucking trash, man. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like really good when I'm on it, but then the come down, like you just have a, a slump. Mm-hmm. It's like coming off of a drug, man. It's it's rough, which is another reason why I stopped taking that. So I was like, I don't want it to become dependent upon it. And also, like, I just... Like, you yeah, have the ups and downs of it all. Yeah, the downs are fucking rough. Like, I, I've taken it before the day of bowling before. And then, 
uh, once it starts wearing off when I'm bowling, my arms feel like fucking noodles. Like I just feel right. like shit. Um, and well, yeah, because yeah. everything that came so easy to you with your focus before is now become this large amount of well, one, uh, you're coming off of it, so everything's starting to slow down, not and, be so yeah <laughs> vibrant, <laughs> yeah. and and you know in that. I don't know if it's really because myself, I've never taken any kind of, at least to my knowledge, I've never been diagnosed or anything like that or had to take any kind of drug like that. Uh, of course, I know tons of people that have, but um, I just imagine it's everything hits you. It's like a brick wall. Well, with it being an amphetamine, like it leads to your like muscle tension and stuff like that. So right. once it comes, so once you start coming off of it, like your body loses some of that tension. And you've been tense for so long that it's basically like, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not as severe as like a work workout. Like it's, I'm not sore like that, but I just feel like, you know, like I've lifted a handful of weights and now my arms feel kind of like weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of feels like your body gets, your body feels weak and also your brain feels really dull because it's like by comparison, like you were so, you were super focused and like you had the sharpness to you mm-hmm. um, because like your brain was working way harder, but then once it comes off, like you just kind of like it dulls the edges and you don't feel as like focused. Um, and then that leads to just like feeling sort of shitty. Cause you're like, wow, I just felt so good. And like, felt like I could do anything. And now I just feel like, mm, like, I mean, <clears throat> it's almost like taking a limitless pill. Sure. So like you like have, like you can see everything going on around you. It slows time down around you. Like it's crazy, but also right. time's moving a lot faster because you're moving faster. Um, but then once you come off the pills, time moves way slower. You feel like you're moving slower. It's just like everything starts dragging mm-hmm. and that's not a good feeling. Yeah. Um, which is part of why I know that that's just not the route for me. And I just didn't want to be doing that for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But uh, of course I have a stash of them that are like left over. I didn't finish just in case I ever have one of those days where I'm like, wow, I cannot do anything. Right. Um, and like, especially like if I'm having like really bad anxiety, just having the focus and knowing that I have that focus or that I have, Oh, in that closet, I have that pill that can help me if I need it. Just having that, like just knowing that it's there. I mean, it's helpful. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. You could have that like Pavlov, like Pavlovian effect where you're like, Instead of actually taking the pill, you're literally just thinking about where the pill is. Well, well yeah, have I have a security it. blanket. Well, it is. I mean, because they'll they'll prescribe like um like real hardcore like anxiety stuff that are like completely like a Xanax. They'll prescribe you a Xanax, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like only take it if you feel like you have to, and maybe you take it once every two months, but you have it there just in case, and just knowing that it's there that like if you're having a really bad day, right. that like you're really like all like just up in your head really bad and like you just can't get anything done. Like just knowing it's there, like just kind of helps. Um, yeah. which, you know, that, that's definitely a mental game. And, and the whole thing is a mental game. I mean, the anxiety depression thing is basically your brain playing tricks on you. Um, so just knowing, I mean, and I think that's part of why I'm okay. Not taking the, like the medications like I was before, because like, I know it's all mental. It's all just a game. And, I'm getting in my own head. Um, and like the issues are not that serious and it definitely helps that I have people around me that I can talk to about it. And they're like, just calm down. Like it's just this or it's just that, like just, just talk to the person. Like, and it, it helps right. me a lot. Um, I mean, even like the guy who's training me, 
if I'm like, if I feel like I have no fucking clue what I'm doing, if I feel like I'm just barely keeping my head above water, I can go over and say, Hey man, like, I don't really know what to do here. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm in over my head. He'll just sit down and be like, okay, well, let's go over this. Let's write this down the list. Let's do this or whatever. And hopefully eventually, as far as work goes, I won't need that in the future because eventually well, I, I would mean, like to be where he's at. Well, yeah, you're, that's how you, that's how you learn and develop. I mean, that's how you grow confidence in general Yeah, is just learning and having that human connection. You know, it's, it's like the best way to progress, you know, especially, I mean, obviously in any kind of new trade or something where you're fucking learning something that's obvious, but at the same time, yeah, when you growing confidence and you're having all these issues with like, you're hitting the wall where like you're learning this new thing. And then at a certain point you're hitting this wall and you're like, man, well, I can't do this. And it's, it's, uh, it's the worst thing. And everything becomes your walls start getting huge. And this mountain starts like growing and you're like, I can't do that. And everything hits you at once. But really what you just need to do is slow down and take it one by one. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And, um, I had that today actually. Um, like, Actually, the past couple of days, it's been kind of hard for me at work just because, like, we went from pricing this huge job that we that we end up winning, and then like all of a sudden this relief just hits everybody, and we're like, "Wow, we're we're doing really well." And then you realize, "Holy shit, we've been dedicating so much time to pricing this one job and trying to get this job mm-hmm. that we've kind of neglected these smaller ones, and now we're kind of fucked on three jobs, and we got to buckle down and get all this shit done at once." <laughs> you know, you just I just thought of too. What's that? Did you ever, did you ever work in like food service? Uh, not. I guess you no. you worked at Dunkin', right? Well, yeah, I guess I did work in. Yeah, I did. But like as a like a waiter or something like that. Like, not a waiter, but I mean, I was making coffees, bringing people food and stuff. Right. So I mean, kind it's of. the same idea of like urgency and things like yeah. that. But that's like as soon as you said like the neglecting other things and stuff. I was just thinking about my days as a waiter because you're like, that's that was some of the hardcore days of like I had to sit down and take a break, yeah. like physically exhausted just from thinking about. Like, cause as a, I was, I was freaking, I don't know, 18 and I was just trying to maintain six tables and like, oh shit, this guy said he wanted this, uh, three minutes ago. Uh, and I totally forgot cause I've been dealing with this other guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the worst. Well, I mean like today, uh, we, we were finishing up pricing a job, right. And we still don't have numbers from certain, from certain subs. So we're like, fuck, I got to chase all these down. So I'm chasing them down and then. My boss is like, hey, make sure that you get a timeline from everybody. I completely fucking forgot about the timeline because I was so focused on getting the numbers. Right. That I forgot to send emails and make calls about, hey, can you get me a duration of work from for everything? So I was like, so I still haven't done that. But that's because I had to sit down and do something else. So I was like, hey, let's just, I need to focus on this one thing. This is a little bit more important right now. We can sort of bullshit a schedule because, Let's I mean, it, prioritize. a lot of stuff is... relatively cookie cutter for the specific job. So we're like, okay, it's going to take this long to do this. And Tyler, Tyler, my boss has been doing it for so long that he's like, it's all like, yeah, old news. Yeah. He's like his hand. Yeah. I mean, really it is. I mean, he can price a job without ever getting a number from somebody because he's been doing it for so long and at such a high level. So he's like, um, but it's just one of those things. Obviously you have to get the numbers to guarantee, but, um, but right now, like I'm the guy who he's like, all right, I'm gonna put together all these estimates and stuff. So you go through, you collect all the all the Dad proposals up. and stuff, and then I'm sitting here. He's setting up the the proposal letters and all this stuff, and then I fill out the proposal letters later, and 
It's a bunch of wild shit. Yeah, it's just like um, shadowing, really. Well, what, what he's doing is he's put, he's making me do the shit work because that's the stuff that teaches you how to do it and gets your name out there. And so people start trusting you as the person that they can give pricing to. Right. Because um, it's all about relationships and construction. So basically, like he said, you know. I'll tell you this, Nick. It's all about relationships everywhere. I know that. But I just mean <laughs> specifically with, with yeah, like no, construction. I, I, I know. If, if somebody doesn't like you personally, your company is not getting pricing. Right. Um, And that was something that scared me for a while until I realized, well, people don't know who I am. So it's going to be – it's basically like cold calling people uh, when I first started. Oh, yeah. So I was like really nervous about that. But then also I was – but then I kind of realized like all these people want to make money. Um, we're yeah. a newer company, so we haven't burned bridges with anybody. Uh, we do business well, yeah, so we you, don't... You have only opportunity. Yeah, so I, I started realizing, oh, I have no reason to be concerned about making these calls, especially now that like there are certain people that we ask for numbers from every single job. So I'm like, so I'll call people like, oh, what's going on, Nick? It's good to, it's good to hear from you. How have you been? And stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. how's... How's the kids or whatever, you know, the whole deal. It's like a like a car salesman. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like if you know if you know something about the or person just a salesman in general. Yeah, but if you know something about the person, like it makes them feel good and then you can actually have a normal conversation. It goes from being a business conversation to more of like a personal one. Yeah. You're like, all right, yeah, I man, well, uh, we that's just sent this over to you. Customer service. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. Um and it's just something that's really hard when you first start, but then as people know who you are, it gets really easy. And um but it's stressful because, you know, like I said, we put all, we put a bunch of stuff off until now and now we've got to fucking bust our asses and like I said, three jobs in the next, like tomorrow we have a bid due and then Tuesday we have a bid due and then the end of next week we have a bid due. So I'm like, what a work. Yeah. So we're, uh, get it done. Yeah. But we, we sat down and he just like wrote a list that like we discussed like what we needed and he was like, okay, well I'm typing up this list for you on an email. I'm going to send it over to you when you leave. So he's like, when you get, when you get to work, just go ahead and knock that list out. And then once he typed it out, I was like, wow, it's a lot less stuff than I thought it was. Like, it's easy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, like it, I'm really excited about my job and there are times where I feel like I'm not because I'm so stressed out about it. But then like days, like, like today I was really stressed out. But then at the end of the day, I was like, wow, like, I feel like I'm actually learning things, you know, like I feel like I've progressed yeah. a lot, but then also like sitting down and him being able to just type this up and be like, this is easy. Right. And then like kind of built my confidence back up. Like, okay, yeah, we can do this. this yeah. You have this like is a, easy. a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. I or mean, at least, at least a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm learning a lot by not doing things that I should be doing as well. So like. Me me missing something or something like that. He's like, okay, well, we need to start doing this better. We need to start doing that better. Yeah, and you learn learn from mistakes too. He's, yeah, he's really good. At, my my uh my boss is really good about like using mistakes as learning as opposed to getting pissed off about it. Yeah, like it stresses him out too when I don't do things. And seeing that, I'm like, okay, well, I really need to do this right next time uh, because just seeing him like, oh, now I've got to fucking do this and this while I'm also doing this. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Like. I'll be better about it next time. So, do you ever, do you ever watch that movie, uh, The Whiplash? No, it's, it's like the the jazz drummer movie. Mm-mm. It's a uh, J.K. Simmons. You know, you know who that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, the Daily Bugle. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, it's the oh shit! It's a uh, 
So uh, sorry, I'll, I've been watching PewDiePie a lot, like I said. Yeah. And PewDiePie did this green screen thing, sort of like um, Shia LaBeouf did, where oh, yeah. they start putting them in like random situations, like the monologues. Yeah, and somebody um, made one, and uh, he's like, he's like, I want to hear you say it, and, or whatever uh, he says to the drummer, like that. Yeah, that iconic whole, scene. Yeah, the rushing or dragging. He was like, <laughs> it's just him, and he's standing behind the drum set because they they green screened him in. He said, "Fuck you." <laughs> It's like, I want to fucking hear you say it. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. So funny to me. But anyways. Well, there's just the one, that movie has a lot of, speaking of, speaking of anxiety, yeah, that movie fucking kills me. But uh, no, the two-bit takeaway towards the end of the movie when you think it's going to be a happy ending uh, before it twists. And, and then it actually is a happy ending. But anyway. Uh, why, the, why the fuck yeah, would I'm you just, ruin that? I'm just ruin it for you. But uh but uh, the thing J.K. Simmons says is like, there's no mm. worse. The two worst words in the English language are "good job," because you can't learn from it. Yeah, because how would anybody get better or become the best? Because his his thing is obviously just about musicians and things like yeah. that. And because he's like an asshole idiot, um, that that's his way of teaching. Yeah. But then his when you get a a new look on his perspective. He's like, yeah, why would you, you know, why nobody would ever be as good as they, if they, you know, as good as the greats, if they just were told good job. That's why Asians are some, that's why young Asians are some of the best violinists is because they got those tiger moms beating the shit out of them. If they don't do well, Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. On that racist note, um, let's go and wrap this bitch up. Uh, yeah, I should have said at the beginning of the show at the top, but, uh, we have our Patreon. Don't forget about it. We're about to record our fourth episode after this. Um, so now if you were unsure about whether or not you want to join the Patreon, now you've got four episodes that you can go back and listen to and decide whether or not you're actually wanting to stay. You know, um, There's a little bit of a catalog. I know it's kind of hard to make that jump when there's nothing there, but now there's a handful of episodes. So you can, uh, you can go back there and listen. Um, the Patreon is patreon.com forward slash chip tooth pod um become a tooth fairy today um <laughs> we also have the forum uh, our facebook page if you want to like it i'm really shitty about the facebook page um lately i haven't been promoting us the way we should be so help us out and promote us uh, <laughs> be be a friend and uh share this episode with somebody um uh, be sure to be on the lookout at the system is down podcast because i'm about to be on there on monday Nice. Yeah. Um. You can hear me badmouth Ben. Oh, yeah. Um. Make him sound like a bitch. Talk about leaving him and starting my own podcast. Oh, nice. Um. I'm excited. Yeah. It's it, it was a fun time. Because I, I also did an interview with Dan. Did you? Yeah. He called me up. He was like, "Hey, man. Nick said all this shit. You want to rebut? <laughs> yeah. You want to? You want to? What, what we're gonna? Basically, what your your release is is my commentary over your release. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a big fuck you, but we'll, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm excited for that. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> it's so good if I could have done that. I know. Shanghai'd you into like this. <laughs> so basically, double the length of the podcast because it's basically you guys just reviewing the podcast. <laughs> we listen to you for five seconds and then talk we just talk about, about it, you. <laughs> and then go the next five seconds. Or he just picked clips that he really liked to discuss. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Be fun. Um, but yeah, you know, got the forum, Facebook uh, page. Links in the description. Uh, 
That's it. Oh yeah. Oh, rate, subscribe, um, share, rape and subscribe, rape and subscribe. All right. Yeah. Five star rape because we are five star men. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Say goodbye, Ben. Farewell. Suck a dick.